I would ask the Lord, why is it taking so long to answer this prayer? You know, why do some people, for me, my winter season was singleness. So I was like, Lord, sure. why do some people um, get married and um, only wait two years? And I waited two decades and I didn't get an answer till after I got married. And the Lord finally said, Grace, do you want a faith that is two years deep or two decades deep? And my friends, that's when I got it, that there are some things that can only be developed in us, worked in us through the struggle, through the pain, through the waiting, through the loss. We are becoming more like Christ. We are drawing closer to him. Let me tell you, my faith is strong. If you need to believe for something, I'm your girl because I have walked <laughs> through that fire. I've always loved the word flourish. But what does that word mean? What what does it look like to flourish in every season of life? Winter, spring, summer, and fall. No matter what season of life you have found yourself in today, I would like to invite you to lean in and listen to my guest, Grace Klein. She's going to teach us what it looks like to flourish, no matter what the circumstances of your life may be like. I think you're going to want to hear her story and glean from her wisdom, Grace Klein. I'm Carol McLeod, and you're listening to the Significant Women Podcast. This is a podcast where we listen to the stories of women who have determined that no matter what they're going through in life, they're going to live with faith, with hope, and with joy. Grace Klein is such a woman. So lean in and listen to her story of what it means to flourish in all seasons of life. So Grace, I, I'm so excited for this. And I just, the first question I want to ask you, and we'll go deeper into it in a minute, but you were born in Uganda. So I have to know, what's your favorite Ugandan food? Like next time I'm oh. in Uganda or I go to a Ugandan restaurant, okay. what, what, what's your what food do you recommend to me? Oh my gosh, that's so great. I love it. Nobody's asked me this question and I'm a total <laughs> foodie and there's probably a tie for two at the top. Um, okay. For a meal, there's something called matoke and um, it's the consistency. What it is, it's um, mashed green bananas. So you boil them kind of like you would with um, uh, like mashed potatoes and it's like that consistency. Okay. So it's bananas. And then you put like a stew on top. Um, and my favorite is like a peanut stew. And so if you think about how we like the flavors of peanut butter and banana together, it's a meal that's kind of like that. And it's, 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 I know it sounds weird, but it tastes so good. Um, so, so that's Tell me the I'm name gonna... of that dish again. The actual food is called matoke. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and you put peanut stew on top of it. And so that's like if I was having a dinner, but if I was having like a nice snack or appetizer, this is one that people will more so know because um, of the Indian influence that was in Uganda. We also have something called samosas. And so if you go to an Indian restaurant here in the U.S., you should be able to find something called samosas. They're little um, triangle shaped uh, kind of like a phyllo dough consistency, deep fried, and you put like meat and potatoes and peas inside. And it's just so delicious. It's a wonderful appetizer and um, you can get caught eating way too many of them. <laughs> 
Oh, sister, I can't wait. Now I know what to order. Now I'm good. Thank you so much. And you're a foodie. I love it. But the truth is you were born in Uganda during a very dark time during your country's history. So, Mm -hmm. so talk to us a little bit about your backstory, Grace, Mm -hmm. Um, when you were born in Uganda, what the Lord did in your life then just tell us your story. Oh, Carol, the Lord has been so good and so grateful for all he has done. So I was born um, in 1975. It was at the height of Idi Amin's reign. And I know some of the younger listeners may not know who he is. Um, He was a very brutal dictator who was killing off Christians. and, And then, of course, throughout history, in situations like that, we know that the educated are killed off first, so they don't think for other people. And so my family was in danger because my dad was a professor at the university and was leading Bible studies. And he they, he literally saw colleagues just disappear because they were being killed. And so um, there was not only that piece, but then we lived in the university housing for faculty um, and Idi Amin's son moved in the in the apartment just above us. And so immediately we were in an environment of danger. You know, no longer is home a safe place to be, but our, our phones were tapped. You know, the military was in and out of the building all times of day and night. And we knew we needed to leave. But in settings like that, you can't just flee, right? And so I remember, um, I should say I've been told, because I was about 18 months, um, that my parents would pray Psalm 91 every day and just trust God for his protection and his deliverance. And and the Lord answered. He put on my parents' heart to... um, to move in the middle of the day, which is unheard of. But what they did is they put all their belongings in university boxes and moved in a university vehicle. So it just looked like we were moving from one university um, apartment building to another. And so, um, so we stored all our stuff away. And then we had a friend drive us to a mile outside of the border between Uganda and Kenya. And um, as we were going through, we separated so it didn't look like a family was fleeing. I'm not going to give away the whole story, but I will say that as we were being interrogated by the military, um, as an 18-month-old, I messed up my clothes. And the guard said, just get the messy baby out, smelly baby out of here. And so to this day, I like to tell people that God can use anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And so... Um, I'm just so grateful we were able to get into Kenya for a little bit. And then um, my dad was going into the PhD program at the University of Minnesota. So we went from the equator to Duluth, Minnesota, um, which is a whole other story in itself. The only person we knew in the U.S. lived there and he helped my dad get his paperwork in there. But um, that's how we ended up in the U.S. And I've grown up here most of my life. I've been back a couple times, um, which is absolutely life-changing, but just so grateful for all the Lord has done, grateful to be here, grateful for the sacrifice um, that my parents made and um, for the heritage of just growing up in a household um, and learning about the Lord at a very young age. Um, So grateful to have walked with him for majority of my life. Wow. So Grace, did you ever go through a time of doubting or not, 
I guess rebellion. Did you ever, was there ever a point in your faith journey when you said to yourself, yeah, I'm not sure this is true. Or have you always just clung to the Lord? Um, I, you know, there's been some really hard times in my life where I have turned to him and I was grateful that my parents and Sunday school teachers taught me from a young age when you're going through, cause I definitely had a lot of, um, before there was a word for bullying, you know, um, there was a lot that I went through in which I was always the only, um, you know, black student in my classes. And, you know, we experienced a lot when we landed um, in Minnesota, because the laws had changed with people's mindsets hadn't. But as far as an actual rebellion in answering your question, I'd say the, probably the closest I came to that was in college um, when I was working so hard and, you know, I was the oldest of five. So, you know, kind of your type A, you know, leader, take, you know, do as what my parents said and, you know, got good grades, excelled in school, went to UC Berkeley for my undergrad and, um, and then come to find out that my parents decided that they were going to get separated. And I, it blew me out of the water, came out of nowhere. I mean, I just, you know, parents fight, they have their fights, but I didn't realize how bad it had gotten when, while I was away at college. And so when they got divorced, I really wrestled with the Lord in that I knew he was God, but why wasn't he answering my prayer to have them get back together? Why was he allowing this to happen? And how could the, you know, I felt like I kept up my end of the bargain with them and how could they not, you know? And so I had to really work through all that. And I tried to rebel you know, and I, it's so embarrassing to admit that the things that I tried to do, the Lord kind of thwarted them, you know, and I was like, okay, I guess I, you know, I can excel at my grades. I can't excel at like being bad, <laughs> but, you know, I definitely have, you know, I, I don't want to have that come across the wrong way. I have other issues like pride and definitely, you know, um, comparison and heart issues. But as far as trying to go out there and actively rebel in the traditional sense that we talk about, um, uh, you know, that didn't work for me. <laughs> so um, it's just I'm, I'm embarrassed just even to, to think of the things that I tr tried to do. But um, for me, it's more so the heart issues that I've had to just work with forgiveness, yes. you know, of yes. the people who like either talk trash about me or made me feel so... Um, horrible about myself, forgiving that or it's the pride and some, a lot of those heart issues that, you know, to me are just as bad as going out there and trying to, um, rebel in some way that, yeah. um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> no, it was great. And, and I just love hearing the Holy Spirit's staying power in your life mm -hmm. that he really did surround you as a shield and, and kept yeah. you safe. Um, yeah. have you always felt called to ministry, Grace? Oh, not at all. In fact, I fought it at first. You know, my plan was to be a doctor. Um, I love helping people. And my dad was a scientist. So I wanted to follow in his footsteps um, and going into the sciences, except being more with people. And I had it all planned out. I wanted to serve on the mercy ships. And, you know, um, it, it, when I was finishing up my um, undergrad and getting ready to apply for medical school, I didn't feel at peace. And so I said, Lord, you know, what is this? What, what do you want me to do? And that's when I really felt the Lord say, Grace, instead of healing people medically, which is temporary, I want you to heal people spiritually, which is eternal. 
And um, I was like, uh, could we not have talked about that before I took organic chemistry? I mean, I was <laughs> like, this has been the plan. It's been Dr. Grace since I was a little girl, you know? So where did this come from? So I'm sorry, I'm ashamed to say I fought it for a little bit. I was like, what, you know? Um, I will give to the ministry. I love to be generous, but actually doing it, I'm like, I've grown up in the church. I know <laughs> how much work that is. Um, but then he really began to work on my heart as I, you know, um, realized that so many people had spoken into my life, so many mentors, disciplers over the years. I was involved in Campus Crusade and Student Venture. And in fact, you asked me, any age um, starting in high school. And I'll tell you which small group I was part of or which one I was leading. Like I, you know, I'm so grateful for all that has been spoken into me. And so I realized it was my turn to start to, to give back. And so, um, so when I moved back down, I went to Fuller Seminary and um, started getting my master's degree. And I was hired um, part-time while I was doing school um, at my church. And then once I finished, they ordained me and I served there for 16 years until um, my husband came into my life. So that's the uh, story of how that happened. That's what I was going to ask you next, Grace, is tell us your love story. Ah. So you were a little bit older when you got married, it sounds like. Yes. I didn't get married until I was 42. Um, didn't think it would take that long. And it was one of the biggest cries in my heart that, Lord, I, I would have loved to you know, get married and serve you with my husband. And, you know, year after year went by decade after decade. Um, and, um, I just, I have a heart for singles. Um, Mm -hmm. and my heart is just like, you know, to continue to trust God, not to go out and make something happen, but it's always best to wait on his timing. And so when he finally brought my husband, um, he was coming to help our church going through a transition and um, I didn't think anything of him because he's 15 years older than me and he's my boss's contact. But part of the process is um, he needed to interview the people who were some of the key staff members, of which I was one of them. And he said, um, Grace, you have a very fascinating story. You should write a book. And I said, I've been working on it. I just don't know how to get it out there. And so he invited me to a conference that was happening the following week. Um, he... Uh, said he would make a Hail Mary call because the conference was way overbooked and waiting list. And But he made his call and I got in. I didn't realize he was the chairman of the board. And so he <laughs> ended up um, being at the conference. It was a women's conference for aspiring writers and um, speakers. And um, that first night, dinner was on your own. We went to dinner talked for three hours. And I was like, wow, this man is amazing. But again, he's my boss's contact, 15 years older than me. Uh, not, I, I was like poker face, but he, I could tell was a little bit interested. So I share all that because that night I went home and I said um, to my, my hotel room, I said, God, is this whom you have for me? And Carol, previously on other dates, year after year, decade after decade, God had said, no, 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 no. And that night, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, he is my gift to you. And I was like, wow, I got chills. And I spent the whole night freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, is this really happening? And I was Googling all the people that might have more than 15 years age difference and still flourishing (laughs) in their marriage. I was like, is that, does that work? 
So um, the following day in the sessions, I was like, I can get the recording. I asked him if we could talk. I asked him some very, very direct three questions and you can find them in the book. I don't recommend them for most, but I just felt like I needed to confirm that this was a Lord. I, I know his voice and I just wanted to make sure because this just did not seem like what I was envisioning. Um, and so I it was confirmed with what Phil shared and I didn't tell him what the Lord had said. I had him pursue me. And uh, so that was July. He proposed in December and you know it's the Lord when um, his daughters who were grown, um, said, dad, what are you waiting for? You know, and, um, their, their mom had passed away several years prior. And so this was his second marriage and, um, they have embraced me, which is a beautiful gift from God. And, um, we got married that following March and Phil was my first boyfriend and first kiss at age 42. And I tell people it's not because there weren't other guys interested, but it's truly because I believe God brings two people together for kingdom purpose. And I was determined not to settle um, uh, and not saying it was easy. It was definitely very lonely at times, um, but I can testify now and any of you singles who may be listening, it is so worth it to wait on who God has for you. So much better to be a happy single than an unhappy married and um, I have the greatest joy to partner with Phil in building the kingdom and serving God together. It is so worth it to wait for that. So that's um, nutshell version of the story. More of the details are in the book, but um, God has been so faithful and I'm so grateful. Well, we'll get back to Grace's story in just a minute, but I wanted to catch you up to date on some things that are going on behind the scenes in Carol McLeod Ministries. I can't believe it, but about every month, I get to teach the Word of God by Zoom to remote villages in Pakistan, to men and women and children who have never heard the name Jesus before. This is how it works. Pastors from the area go knock on people's doors and they say, hey, an American is going to be speaking in this hidden location tonight. Wouldn't you like to come hear them? And then they set up in some hidden area, a screen and Zoom. And I teach the word of God with my whole heart to these broken, lonely, hurting, persecuted people. At the end of the Bible teaching, I invite them to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And every single month, hundreds accept the call to know Jesus. And then we pray for miracles. And each month I get reports about the miracles that have broken out among this remote village. I kid you not, blind eyes are open, tumors fall off, arthritis, different things are healed in Jesus' name. One of the things that we do is we provide a Bible for each person who attends the meeting. This Bible is translated into their own language. And you know what? It only costs me about $5 per Bible. So every month I'm spending between $300 and $500 to give a Bible, the living word of God, to a man or woman in Pakistan. Would you like to help me do that? Would you like to help me share God's word with these wonderful brothers and sisters 
in a remote region of the world who are being persecuted. If you would, you can just go to my website, carolmccloudministries.com and click on give or donate and then give your gift to help us give Bibles to reach men and women, boys and girls in Pakistan. Just $5 a Bible. Now, let's get back to my story with Grace Klein. Well, you have written a book, which is what we're going to talk about next. And what drew me to it is the, is the title, Grace, because flourish is one of my favorite words. Oh. I I'm a wordsmith. I love oh. the power of words. I have a very short list of favorite words, and oh. flourish is one of them. So let me read the title and the subtitle, and then we're going to talk about your book, Flourish. Finding Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life. Mm -hmm. And I love what you've done in this book to talk about seasons because, Grace, another thing that I love are the seasons yes. and the seasonal aspect um, to 365 days and yeah. to our lives. It's, it's a powerful piece of symbolism. So tell us about your book and why you wrote it, how'd you come up with the title, The Seasonal Symbolism. Talk to us about your book. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity to share. You know, this was not something that I signed up. Hey, I have a book that I want to write. And it's purely my surrender to the Lord. Like I want my heart to always say, yes, Lord. You know, um, I might wrestle with him in a little bit. Like this doesn't make sense. You know, I gave him more reasons than Moses as to why I was not <laughs> the one to write a book. You know, like my last English class was in high school. I mean, you start, but Ultimately, I want to end with, okay, Lord, this is my, my life is surrendered to you. And it came out of people hearing my story and asking, Grace, how did you keep your faith when the struggle was real? Do you have more resources? What, and, you know, and so they were, people were asking for it. And I know from um, my good friend who's written multiple best-selling books, she said, you want to answer a question that people are asking. And I was like, okay, I'll put down on paper um, how I walked through unknown and unexpected seasons and walked with purpose. Cause it's so tempting to just either um, put a life on hold and say, I'll do this when, when I get married, when I have kids, when the kids are grown, when I start my, you know, whatever it may be, um, we can put our lives on hold or we can go into a, a pit of depression and just stay in that cave. But Jesus said that he came that we might have life and life abundantly. So I want to yeah. live my life for his glory. And so, yeah. Um, that was my perspective. And I, I feel like it's something that um, this unknown and unexpected seasons that we can all relate to. I mean, the whole world just went through that a few years ago, right? Like, what is this, you know, with COVID and um, just all that happened during that time. And so um, I just started putting my thoughts down on paper and the seasons came about because I used to live in California. And then when we got married, we moved to Birmingham, Alabama. And I just noticed the beauty of the changing seasons. You know, fall is my favorite with all the colors and the trees. And I would look out my window and just notice how the trees, they stay standing. Um, you know, through the storms, through the rain, through the wind, they continue to stand. And the Bible talks about how we will be oaks um, 
of righteousness for the display of his splendor. And I was like, I want us to live our lives in that way. And there's so much that we can learn from nature that can apply to our lives. And so just real quickly, the overview is that fall is a season of letting go. You know, um, so often people think that um, in the fall, the wind blows the leaves off the tree. But as a daughter of a scientist, I will tell you, the trees actually intentionally release their leaves. There's a hormone that signals it's time to let go. And I don't have time to go into it, but in the book, you, I describe how if the trees don't let go of their leaves, um, through the process of going through the winter season and trying to get into spring, they can actually die. And so I talk through what are some things that we might be holding on to that could actually be causing us harm. So fall is letting go of things in our head, our heart, and our hands, things in our head, wow. certain ways of thinking, I'm not good enough, never going to amount to anything, um, heart, the pride, the comparison, unforgiveness, and the hand could be the tithe, the offering, a relationship that's not the God's best for you. So that's fall, letting go. Winter is the trials and the struggles we all go through in life. Doesn't need much explanation there. It's, it's the loss of a dream, loss of a loved one. It's the waiting, waiting to get married, waiting for healing, to get pregnant. And then it's the struggle, the pure struggle, you know, um, maybe a son or daughter you have who's not walking with the Lord, um, you know, just the life. And so how do you stay standing during that time? Spring is about being open to what God has for you. Cause so often it may not look like what we envisioned <laughs> or what he wants us to say or do. Um, and then summer is a time of celebration, celebrating what the Lord has done, reflecting on what you've learned throughout the way, the process and encouraging others who may be on their journey. So that's an overview of what the book is. And I just, um, so grateful that it seems to be really resonating and encouraging people. So I'm like, if it was yeah. just for that, okay. <laughs> well, let's, let's pause for a moment, Grace, because we all love spring. We all love summer. And yes. even autumn has a glory all its own that you've referenced. Mm -hmm. But let's talk to the woman for a minute who's been in an unending winter mm -hmm. um, that it seems like winter will never end for her. It's gone on and on and on. More than one rebellious child, um, cancer, taking care of parents, finances. Let's talk to that woman for a minute. Tell yeah. us some practical things that we can do during the winter season to flourish. Yes. First of all, I just want to speak to whoever may be in that winter season to let you know that God sees you. He has not forgotten you. He hears the cry of your heart and he is working just like photosynthesis. We cannot see it happening in plants, but we can see the effects of it. So I just want to let you know, I, I hear you. The Lord loves you. He is working. And um, it can be so hard when it feels like God has forgotten your address. He's answering everybody else's prayers and not yours. And you're, and it seems like heaven is silent. And in those times, I found a few things that are um, just helped me. Um, is a number one is it's it's really pressing into God. And I know that's just something that you know it's like 
oh yeah, I know that. But it is just turning to him like, Lord, I need you. God, I I need your strength. God, I, I, I don't understand what's happening, but I trust you. And just continually going to him. And why? Because in that process, you are um, going into a deeper um, relationship with him and he's transforming you to be more and more like him. So sometimes we can see that right away. I didn't realize that until years later when I, I would ask the Lord, why is it taking so long to answer this prayer? You know, why do some people, for me, my winter season was singleness. So I was like, Lord, sure. why do some people um, get married and um, only wait two years? And I waited two decades and I didn't get an answer till after I got married. And the Lord finally said, Grace, do you want a faith that is two years deep or two decades deep? And my friends, that's when I got it, that there are some things that can only be developed in us, worked in us through the struggle, through the pain, through the waiting, through the loss. We are becoming more like Christ. We are drawing closer to him. Let me tell you, my faith is strong. If you need to believe for something, I'm your girl because I have (laughs) walked through that fire, right? And so to encourage you that God is working, you may not see it. And then another really key thing that was huge for me Mm -hmm. was looking at how I could serve others. Um, There's something so powerful when you look at Um, how Jesus lived his life and following in that example of loving people and serving them, it gets our gaze from being navel gazing (laughs) to looking at others. So who is somebody that may be hurting, who needs a word of encouragement, a simple text, a, a simple phone call, or just, you know, delivering groceries, whatever it may be, um, to get the focus off of ourselves, um, and how we can be, um, the hands and feet of Jesus. Now I do recognize there are some times that the pain is so great, right? I lost my dad. I just couldn't even think about anything. Right. And in those times I've found what is so helpful is to have, um, cause it's like the tears are so many, you can't even read the word. Right. And so, um, there's apps that you can get where they read the word to you or just putting on worship, yeah. you know, and just sitting there in his presence, you know, we don't have to do anything. Just be with him. Just like Mary, you know, just be with the Lord and let him minister as only he can. You know, I speak to young moms a lot, Grace, and I always tell them life is seasonal, especially for a woman. So Mm -hmm. you need to identify what season you're in and don't be shoveling snow when you should be planting flowers. I love it. appropriately to your season. Mm -hmm. So I I love this analogy. You know, Grace, whenever I'm going to interview an author, as you know, the the marketing firm, the the publicist sends me a list of questions, suggestion questions, and I never ask them. I I always like want to take my own spin on it, but there was one question on your publicist list that I have to ask. And it's this one. Can a person, can a woman be in two seasons at one time? Like that's a fascinating question to me. Is it possible to be in winter and summer at the same time or or whatever it is? It absolutely is. And the thing is in nature, that's not the case, right? Nature has like three to four months for each season and it goes in progression and 
Um, it's like, you know what to expect, right? And life, you don't, which is why it's the unknown and unexpected seasons that we go through because it can be, a season can be, instead of three months, it can be three weeks, three years, three decades, yeah. you know? And it's right, like, right. okay, how do we walk with purpose? How do we flourish in those times when we don't know the end date for the season, right? right. And, um, and so that's why it was such a, a passion of mine on this book to let people know you, it, it, um, you have not lost your mind. Like as people say, am I going crazy? Why is this happening? Like uh, one of the key times I was in winter and summer at the same time was shortly after I got married. So I'm having my wonderful, you know, summer honeymoon season. And, um, my dad passes away like suddenly, like he had been sick, suffering with Parkinson's, but the day before he was um, looking so much better. I FaceTimed him and um, I could understand what he was saying because it had gotten to the point where he, his words were slurred and it was really hard to say to understand what he was saying. And he was able to say, I love you, Grace. And I thought, oh, he's getting better. And the following morning, um, I was flying out to surprise my mom for Mother's Day and I get a call that, you know, my dad from some doctor who's like, I'm sorry, we did everything we could. And I'm like, what in the world? I mean, it was so shocking. And I was like, God, I had my quiet time with you that morning. If you had told me, you know, go see your dad, I would have been right there. Like my obedience was like, okay. And so I, I started to go through this season, Carol, where I was just like, God, what is going on? I started to live in fear because again, I said, my husband is 15 years older than me. And so I was like, what if something happens to him or my mom and I'm not there? And, um, I, you know, I, I was working through it with a professional, um, Christian counselor and everything, but it was the Lord who, um, answered my prayer when I said, God, you got to help me walk through this season. Cause I, it does not make sense in my life. Here I am celebrating the biggest answer, my prayer and my greatest hero just passed away. And, um, he, finally the Lord just said, grace, stop living in fear. Your dad was ready to go. And yeah. I was like, what? Never even crossed my mind that what was my worst day of life was my dad's best day because he'd been walking with the Lord for over 50 years and was meeting his maker face to face. And um, it just, it gave me such peace and I felt the Lord's presence and a closure to all of it. And I, I, I no longer um, wrestled with or suffered with that debilitating fear. Um, and so what I would encourage anybody who's in, in walking the road of two different seasons, cause it definitely is hard to walk, um, fall and spring, but definitely winter and summer. And, um, is to ask the Lord to help you walk through that. Um, cause he will give you the grace that you need. He will give you the strength and the encouragement and the comfort, um, and the wisdom on how to navigate that. Cause I, you know, on the one hand, you know, my, my husband loved that I was, he would go somewhere and I'd be like, where are you going? What are you, when are you going to be back? Can I come with you? Cause his love language is quality time. But uh-huh. we both knew that that was not me to be living in such fear. And, um, and so I was able then to be fully present with him, um, as the Lord brought healing and helped me be, navigate you know, grieving the loss of my dad and then also celebrating um, this beautiful gift that he had given me. And right. so that's what I would encourage. He, The Lord knows 
um, what we're, what you, whoever is listening, or you, you're going through. And he will, it's not a surprise to him. He will give you the grace that you need, the strength, the wisdom to the young mom who's trying to figure out how to get food on the table and work and take care of kids or get them to school. Um, It's a lot, I know. Um, But I want you to trust that God will give you the the wisdom. Um, He will speak to you uh, in moments um, on what to focus on or if there's a phone call that you need to make um, as you spend time just listening. I tell people, um, I like to just talk with the Lord throughout the day. Like, I I think that's one of the things from being single for so many years, you know, it was like me and God, wherever we went, you know? Um, And so sometimes people get so wound up. I didn't have my quiet time. And and I, 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 no, I love having my time with the Lord in the morning, but I get it. It's a very busy time for young moms. And so it's, it's kind of like just having the ongoing conversation with the Lord throughout the day as you're dropping off the kids at school or making the lunch or, you know, doing the laundry, continuing, just talk with the Lord. And just like you would talk with a friend. That's, that's how I envision it. I know I'm way off topic now. <laughs> But well, hopefully that encourages somebody and, and lifts yeah. off. Sometimes people feel so bad. I didn't, you know, sit and and then read a full chapter. Or I didn't do this, and you know, it's a relationship. Walk and talk with him throughout your day. So. Amen. Yeah, you know, to address the the mystery of being in two seasons at one time. I I think about those words, those iconic words from classic literature where Charles Dickens said, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Well, sister, it always is the best of times and the worst of times. Two seasons can mutually coexist. Mm -hmm. I know that to be true. So I love that you address that in the book, but uh, let me ask you this, Grace, as we begin to close here, is there an anchor verse for your new book, Flourish? Is is there a verse in scripture that has really given you strength as you've walked through life? Oh, there are so many. Oh my gosh. I love the word of God. Um, I would say one of the key ones is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, noting that it's through Christ, not on our own, uh, in our own effort, we can just burn out. Um, so that's one I had it on my high school letterman jacket. Um, another one that is just the core of my heart is, um, like, I want to know Christ, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, so that someday I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. And so it's just that desire of wanting to know the Lord so bad um, and and just be with him. Now, in the book, I talk about, like I mentioned, being oaks of righteousness for his, the display of his splendor, um, that... Um, uh, the Lord's will is for us to, to flourish. And so um, there's plenty of them throughout the book, but I would say as far as for me personally, um, it's Philippians 4.13. Um, in the book itself, it would be Psalms 115 verse 14, which says, I pray that you would flourish and it's you and your children. So that's my prayer for you today. Well, Grace, you know, the title of my podcast is Significant Women, and yeah. I can't let you go without asking you this question. Who have uh-huh. been the significant women in your life? Who has created the grace that we see today? Oh, I would say my grandmother, 
um, who, by the way, we didn't speak the same language. Um, we didn't live in the same continent because she was in Africa for most of her life and just came and visited a few times. And we'd always have to have a translator or when I went over there. But I know she was a woman of God. She just passed away last year, um, lived to be 101. Um, and she was so overjoyed when she found out I was going into full-time ministry because it was something that women were not allowed to. And so she never was able to do that, but got such joy that one of her granddaughters was able to. And so I know that I am, um, her prayers have so impacted my life. And, um, so I'm so grateful. So yes. I love that. And how wonderful for us all to know, whether you're a mom or an author or a mm -hmm. teacher or a nurse, whatever you do, your prayers can yes. change the lives of the next generation. Absolutely. So I, I love that you told us that. So powerful, Grace. Well, before we go, would you pray for my listeners today? Yes, I would be delighted to. Lord, we just love you. We love you so much, God. And we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for your unconditional love, for your grace and mercy. Lord, I thank you for um, my friends who are listening today. Lord, I pray that they would just experience your presence, Lord, that they would be encouraged to know that you are with them, that you see what they are going through, and that you will never leave or forsake them, Lord. I pray that you would um, just bring encouragement, joy, and peace into their lives, Lord, that you would draw them closer to you, open their eyes to see you like never before through your word and their ears to hear your voice. I thank you, God, that each day we get the opportunity to, um, to be an example for you, to love people, to serve people, um, and to be a light for you. So we thank you, God, for all that you have done and for what you are yet to do. Thank you for Carol and this beautiful podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Grace. I have loved speaking with you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Carol. Well, if you've been encouraged by today's episode, as always, I'd love to invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Even just a few sentences mean the world to us. Also, I have a YouTube channel, Carol McLeod Ministries. I'd love to have you go there, subscribe to it, so you never miss a podcast, a Bible study, or a conference. We've made things so easy for you. You can also download the Carol McLeod Ministries app on your smartphone. Hey, it's free. You can connect with Grace Klein on social media at her website, which is gratitudewithgrace.com. Be sure to purchase your own copy of Flourish, Finding Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Your Life. This book is also a great gift idea for a woman who's going through a hard time in life. You know, the conversation with Grace has gotten me to thinking about the different seasons in our life. It seems like only yesterday I was a young mom of little ones, busy with the activities of motherhood, meals, laundry, making grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, I loved that season. And then the season changed and I was the mom of teenagers and college students and young adults. And now I'm a marmy to little ones with the wonder of life in their eyes. 
Um, before we close today, I want to take a moment to bring us back to God's word, which is the stability that we need in all seasons of life. Let's read from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. I don't know what season you're going through today, but I can assure you that God is with you in it. You can plant a beautiful harvest. He will fertilize it and it will grow into a life of uncompromised hope, joy, and peace. And can I just encourage you, don't rush the season you're in, but dig your heels in and wring the joy out of every ordinary day. This is Carol McLeod, and I'll see you next time on the Significant Women Podcast.